Hey, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. On today's show, progress report on Shanghai Gigafactory. The Honda E opens up for pre-orders. Who won the Boring Company race? That and more next on episode 142 of Tesla Time News on Now You Know. Brought to you this week, as always, by our amazing patron patrons who support us on Patreon. And by our friends at the Solar Powered Hotel in Schaumburg, Illinois, the Fairfield Inn and Suites by Marriott. The first and only hotel in Chicago that gets a majority of its power from the sun. And by Ecoware.us. Check out Ecoware.us for new designs every week. Designed by our very own Bobby Briggs. And right now, if you use the promo code NOWYOUKNOW, you can get an extra 10% off your whole order. Everything that we make is carbon neutral for the whole life cycle of the product, and we even plant a tree in the Amazon rainforest for every order that is placed. And best of all, it helps support us here at Now You Know. There's not much demand for Model 3s anymore, Jesse. It's really stats. I mean, Tesla delivered 20,491 vehicles in California during just the first three months of 2019. That doesn't sound like much. It's up 172.1% compared to the same period last year. Yeah, but other vehicles must be selling way more because all I hear about is that there's no demand for Teslas. Okay, so if we look at the luxury high-end sports car range, the Model S is at the top above the Mercedes E-Class. That's amazing. But what about uh, the Model X? Uh, The Model X is number two in its class uh, at 2,549. That's respectable. So yeah. right behind the Lexus RX. Okay. Yeah. And but the Model 3 must be way behind because that's all I hear from analysts. No demand for the Model 3. Model 3 is uh the near luxury market. Yep. It is uh fifteen thousand eight hundred and five. Its closest competitor is the Mercedes C Class at four thousand one hundred twenty. Wait, so it's outselling it by almost four times? Yes. Then why are they talking about demand being so low? Um, I, they don't know anything. What is this chart here with all those, uh, lines? So this is hybrid and electric vehicle market share in California. So, uh, the blue line is mild hybrids. Okay. So ones that you can't plug in. Okay. Uh, red ones are plug-in hybrids. Okay. The they went down. You can plug in. Okay. And uh, the green is pure electric. Wait a minute. So as you can see. Wait, wait a minute. That shows that the BEVs are 5% of the California market now? Yeah, over 5%, almost 6% of the California market. And if you add all those up, you're looking at around... That's over 11%. 11% of vehicles that are at least hybrid or electric. That's amazing. Yeah. That's good news. That is I like good, good news. news. Yeah. This is bad news. Oh. This review represents very strong science, says Dr. Maria Nira of the World Health Organization. She's the director of public and environmental health. She said, it adds to the very heavy evidence we have already. There are more than 70,000 scientific papers to demonstrate that air pollution is affecting our health. She said that she expected even more impacts of air pollution to be shown by future research. Issues like Parkinson's or autism for which there is some evidence, but maybe not very strong linkages, that evidence is coming now. So Professor Dean Schroffenagel at the University of Illinois at Chicago, who led this review, said, immune cells think a pollution particle is a bacteria. They go after it and try and kill it by releasing enzymes and acids. Those inflammatory proteins spread into the body, affecting the brain, 
the kidneys, the pancreas, and so forth, in evolutionary terms, the body has evolved to defend itself against infections, not pollution. I've never thought about it that way. Because, like, we learn about pollution that's bad. But mm -hmm. we don't learn, like, what does it do? Right. Why is it bad? Right. Gets into your body. Your body tries to get rid of it, thinking that it's a regular thing that it's used to fighting right. when it's not. So it's fighting this thing that it can't win against. But in the same time, it's hurting your body while it tries to fight it because it's using the only defense it has. Interesting. Among the many other organs affected is the liver. Schroffenagel said the latter surprised him until he thought about the liver's role in removing toxins from the body. He said, it makes perfect sense, but I would never have thought about it before starting the study. Now, here's an interesting thing that I learned about. Government action to slash pollution before the Beijing Olympics in 2008. Remember, China was trying to clean up Beijing. Mm. Well, this led to a rise in birth weights in the city. So, they got pollution to go down for the Olympics, and during that time, babies who were born in Beijing, their birth weights went up. Oh, and then and then they were like, all right, turn the pollution back on. Right. <laughs> Olympics are over. Olympics are over. Yeah. Press is gone. So there's a connection between air pollution and baby's birth weight. <sighs> Harmful effects occur even at levels below air quality standards previously considered to be safe. The best way to reduce exposure is to control it at its source, said Schroffenagel. We are probably the first generation in history to be exposed to such a high level of pollution, said Professor Niera. Now, a couple things there. So the best way to reduce exposure is to control it at its source. It's right. not to wear masks or to lock yourself away in a room. It's to, it's to drive EVs mm -hmm. and things that you can control, like putting solar panels on your roof. That reduces the source of pollution. And then the other part really struck me that of all the humans who've ever lived on Earth, we're probably the first generation in history to be exposed to such a high level of pollution. That's kind of crazy when you it's think about terrifying. it. It's terrifying. Yeah. I mean, cause, just because we don't know what it'll do to us. Yeah. And, and we don't know the effects that it has on it. It's, it's not like you're like, oh, I don't, I don't feel well. It's that pollution. And I can tell because my body is telling me with words that it's pollution. Right. Like, you just don't know. You're just like huh, I don't know why the rates of that disease are so high. That's strange. That never happened before. Right. And I mean, one of the reasons why you and I do this show is because we're trying to get people to clean up the environment, to, to mm -hmm. live sustainably. And there's all these benefits, most of them which we don't know anything about yet. Right. So Consumer Reports just recently reviewed um, autopilot features and full self-driving features on the Model 3. Okay. And Jake Fisher, he's the senior director of auto testing at Consumer Reports, he said this. So it doesn't take very long behind the wheel with this feature, which he means uh, autopilot and drive on nav, to realize it's not quite ready for prime time. He went on to say, so what is the point of this feature? Now he's talking about the fact that in their tests, they found that navigate on autopilot lagged behind human driving skills and engaged in problematic behaviors, such as cutting off cars and passing on the right. Consumer report drivers often had to take over to prevent the system from making poor decisions. And as a result, the system increased stress and they said doesn't improve safety. So he asked, what is the point of this feature? Now, I think he's completely missing the point. Right, it's almost like it's a driver assist function at the moment obviously and it's know. and it's a beta function right as you as you pointed out so you, this is beta software you can choose first of all you have to choose to engage it yeah you have to when you turn on autopilot you have to read through the disclaimer um or you know it shows it to you and yeah it's beta software they're still working on it it's not done yet it's not full self-driving it's not completely autonomous yet no. it's called autopilot much like autopilot on a on a plane it's just there 
it's an assist. Yeah, it's a it's, driver assist function. Exactly. And what you're doing when you allow it to be used is you're training the system. You're basically saying, I'm willing to let this thing, which I know isn't perfect, to help me drive the car right. because I know it's going to get better and better. You're you're essentially a beta tester. Yeah. I mean, and it, it's a lot like saying, you know, you're a 16 year old kid. You need to learn how to drive. I'm going to let you drive, um, and you're going to get better and better. And there's going to be some times when you do something wrong, and I'm going to need to like say, watch out. Uh, but that's how you'll learn. Right. So. That's what it's for. So when he says, so what is the point of this feature? He's completely missing the point, which is if we can get this feature to get better and better, first of all, it's already 4.1 times safer than not using it. Right. So that's a point of why you use this mm -hmm. feature, but it's going to get better and better as we train it. So right. those of you who don't want to use it, that's fine. Like don't use it, drive the car yourself. But think of it this way. It's like having your 16 year old not getting any better as they drive in the car with you. True. And I mean, don't worry about yourself personally. Someone else is going to actually be trying, you know, uh, drive on nav and stuff like that. So if you don't feel comfortable with it, by all means, turn it off. And one of the things he complained about was that when it's time to change lanes, sometimes it would cut people off. Well, your job as the driver, as the car is about to change lanes, is to look around. And if you think that you're going to cut someone off, take over. And, and nowhere does it say that you should just trust it implicitly. Exactly. Yeah. And what I'm worried about is if, you know, government regulators read about this and are like, well, we should do something about this. Let's not allow it. Right. Then we're not going to have the ability to teach cars how to drive. Well, and it's already safer. As we talked about in Tesla Time News last week, there have been four deaths in autopilot out of the billions of miles that have already been driven and that it is four times safer right. to be in autopilot. And Tesla also has data to back this up in terms of collisions. But in terms of in terms of road deaths, it is safer to be in autopilot right. than it is to not be. So, Mr. Fisher, right. that's the point of that, the feature. That is the the point. And if you're just looking at it as to like, what what can I do now? Like you're completely, completely yeah. missing. It's like if you had a baby and you're just like, it can't do my taxes. What's the point of this? <laughs> All right, Jesse, ready? Okay. You get in the boring tunnel. Mm -hmm. I'll drive on the surface streets. Okay. Let's see who wins. Okay. Go. Check this out. So as we're watching here on the right, that car is getting into the tunnel. Mm -hmm. And this is the Boring Tunnel we're talking about in Hawthorne, California. Yep. So I've been to the tunnel uh, during the Boring Company uh, event, although they didn't let me in the tunnel yet. You but still have your token, right? I still have my token. Is it's it somewhere? It's, yeah, there? it's up there. And now it looks like a whole different tunnel because they put a road in it. But anyway, so the, the car that you're in mm -hmm. is now going up to speed. It's now getting up to 127 miles an hour. Whereas the car I'm in, I don't think I've even pulled out of the driveway yet onto the road. Wow. Um, and your car, you are not driving that car. The car is driving you. That is autonomously driven. That's crazy. And uh, as you can see here, you're beating me handily. We're both trying to get to the to the beginning of the tunnel over at SpaceX, and which is a mile away. And uh, yeah, you just got to SpaceX, uh, came out of the tunnel, super fast, super safe. And yeah, you're just pulling up a seat here waiting for me. And I'm still nowhere to be. I'm stuck in traffic. Right. 127 miles an hour. I just want everyone to kind of wrap their head around that because this is like a one mile long tunnel. So, I mean, going 127 miles an hour isn't that exciting because you're most of the time you're accelerating up to and then deaccelerating from that. That's a good in point. In a so, one mile long tunnel. Right. But you can imagine yeah. in a 10 mile long tunnel, mm -hmm. you're going to reach 127 miles an hour possibly faster and just keep going at that speed for most of the ride for most of the ride which means you're going two miles a minute 
Right. Normally, you're like, oh, I'll get on the highway, and it's about a mile a minute if there's no traffic. All right. So let, let me. So let's say I wanted to go from Hawthorne, California, mm-hmm. which is SpaceX uh, headquarters, yeah. to say Santa Monica, which is 14 miles away. Right. So that's going to take about uh, seven minutes in the tunnel. Yes. Whereas on an average day in California, what's that going to take me on surface roads? An hour in traffic. Oh my gosh. So I mean, and that's kind of good traffic. Like right. bad traffic could be almost two hours. Right. I mean, and not all of us live in Los Angeles or someplace where traffic is that bad. Um, but the places where it is that bad, a tunnel like this, where you're just like, it's either an hour or seven minutes. Right. You're gonna be like, oh. It's only seven minutes. I really want to do that instead. But anyway, look at So it was a minute and 36 seconds for you to get that Mm -hmm. mile. It took me four minutes and 45 seconds to get that far, about four times as long. And that includes, you know, going down the elevator and everything like that. Right. I I mean, this is so exciting. This, like, I mean, 100, like, imagine you're on the highway, mm -hmm. right? And on a humongous truck next to you, there's another highway traveling at highway speeds. And then you get on that highway and then you go 65 miles an hour on that highway. That's sort oh, it's of it's kind of like, like when you're at the airport and you can get onto one of those escalator yeah. things and then you walking, like you feel like you're superhuman because you're just like... Like just to try and like get your mind to wrap around... Because I mean, I think I might have hit 127 miles an hour once in my car. Um, it feels it like light not, speed. It was not for long. No. Um, you know what's mind-blowing? What? In December, when I went to the Boring Company, they put a car in this tunnel, and it went about 40 miles an hour. Right. Five months later, they have developed the technology. They are so fast at innovating that they've filled the bottom of the tunnel with the road, mm-hmm. and they've gotten the car to go 127 miles an hour. That's three times faster in five months. Right. What other company can innovate that fast? So we reported a few weeks ago how the Intergovernmental Science Policy Platform on Biodiversity and Ecosystem Services, they said, nature is declining globally at rates unprecedented in human history, and the rate of species extinctions is accelerating with grave impacts on people around the world now likely. The report notes that more than one million animal and plant species are now threatened with extinction, many within decades, more than ever before in human history. Now, we reported that about a couple weeks ago. Right. Um, and I was interested to see that Media Matters, which is a company that keeps track of how the media reports on things, they found that of the 26 primetime news programs on major networks, only three programs actually shared this information. And of those three, Fox's Brett Bear's special reports coverage was riddled with skepticism. So actually really two. Really only that, two. That actually – reported it. So you wonder why, especially Americans, say, what are you talking about climate change, climate crisis? If it was a crisis, I would have heard about it. I don't hear about it. And basically, unless you had just luckily tuned into two out of 26 different, you know, news programs, um, you would have never heard anything about it. Right. So so when people are like, there's a problem, you'd be like, no, (laughs) there's no problem. I didn't hear anything about it. I mean, if you're in the newsroom of one of those shows, mm-hmm. I totally understand when you're trying to weigh which stories to put on the air. If you're like, well, that story only covers bicyclists in Seattle, so mm-hmm. uh, we don't need to cover that. Uh, this story covers the entire planet. Right. And everyone living on it and everyone that's going to be born on it in the next hundreds of years. And maybe you might want to cover that. Yeah. Instead of, you know, like, oh, look at the cute dog that we found. Like, what? I don't know. It's just, Really? Yeah, really? Really? We don't want to bore you every week showing you pictures of the Shanghai Gigafactory, but man, this week we had to because uh, I saw some footage and I was like, that can't be the same 
factory. Right. Take a look at these pictures here. Uh, the walls and roof are basically complete. Um, these are pictures from just a week ago, May 20th. Now, keep in mind, this building was not a building in January. It was a what? field. That's crazy. Yeah. They, they signed the paperwork and started breaking ground in January. Right now, that's what it looks like. Now, we're going to show you the whole video in our Patreon bonus stories. It's kind of crazy. So we were lucky to have our buddy Kenneth in Copenhagen who attended the Copenhagen Climate March on Saturday and shared this video with us. Hi, it's Kenneth. I'm taking the bus downtown today to take part in the Copenhagen Climate March. We expect over 40,000 people there. That's up from 15,000 last year. And the main speaker will be the young climate activist Greta Thornburg. Actually, I don't like that we push a child in front of us to address the climate crisis. That should be the obvious job of all adults. But I must admit that Greta is saying what needs to be said in a very precise way. And I like that. Well, let's go there. Here I am on the way to the Copenhagen Climate Marsh. Men selvom at vi er rigtig, rigtig mange her i dag, så er vi ikke de eneste. For folkets klimamarsch foregår ikke kun her i København. Vi marcherer i 12 byer i Danmark. So students from 1664 cities across 125 countries from around the world walked out of school on Friday last week. It could be the biggest climate strike yet. Hundreds of thousands of students went on strike. Greta Thunberg said this is not about truancy or civil disobedience. This is about the climate and the ecological crisis, and people need to understand that. She wants adults around the world to get involved in a September strike. She said, the greater your platform, the greater your moral duty. So we want to thank Kenneth for filming this event and sharing it. I mean, 40,000 people who all care about our planet. It was really awe-inspiring to see. Nice. This next one just really makes me mad. What? what what's... So USPIRG, the U.S. Public Interest Research Group, they graded states in the United States on mm -hmm. how they spent the $3 billion of the VW settlement money. Remember, mm -hmm. VW had to give the U.S. money because they poisoned everybody okay. with their cars. So only 15 states got a grade of C or higher on the report card. The rest got Ds and Fs, which in America means failing. Um, and let's look at a state that did a good job. Okay. So Rhode Island got an A. Um, they got $14.4 million because they're a tiny state. Um, but they used that money to buy electric buses and charging infrastructure. Good okay. job. Good nice. job, Rhode Island. Wisconsin, though, 
Um, the report says Wisconsin's current plan receives a failing grade in our analysis, in part because neither the state's vehicle replacement program nor the capital grant program incentivize or prioritize electric vehicles, which means that a bulk of the award could end up going towards diesel vehicle projects. Did I just hear that correctly? The VW settlement money could go towards buying diesel vehicles? I mean, this is like if you busted a drug dealer gang and you were like, we're going to take all your money because we can do that. And then you're like, we're going to give all this money back to the states, you know, and then you, you did. And then the states were like, what are we going to do with all this money? I don't know. Probably buy drugs. I mean, <laughs> it's like. That's what it's like. It's like, hey, those diesel vehicles, those are bad. Give us all your money. Bad, bad VW. And then they were like, what are we going to do with all this money? <laughs> I don't know. Buy diesel vehicles. You can't write this stuff. People. I mean, you what? Can't, you can't make this stuff up. How did? How were they just like? Here you go. Here's all your money, and they're just like sick. Isn't it written into the settlement somewhere that it has to be spent properly? It can't. I mean, and if it weren't for this private group that was doing this research, we'd have we, no we'd, idea. We'd, we'd have no be idea. like, be like, oh, I'm so glad all that money went to infrastructure but you do realize like, there are 50 states in the united states right. only 15 of them got a c or c higher or above that's yeah. not even a great grade like, no no it's that's terrible so tesla just unveiled how you can do your own maintenance for your car what are you talking about uh they have a spot on their website where you can do some of the the more basic uh maintenance tasks so, okay well some of these look really easy like uh you know connecting to wi-fi there's, there's right. no restarting the touch screen yeah. um is there know, anything about actually you know opening up your car so there's replacing the wiper blades um there's uh installing a front license plate bracket i know is there anything about like you know taking panels off yes uh you can actually replace the cabin air filter Ooh, that requires some trim piece removal now how do they explain how to do that uh they use it's actually really nice they have an animated uh thing showing you all the different oh, that's steps really cool along with a, a well-documented step which is you know way better than you get in an instruction manual you wouldn't have an animated thing showing you the different do you have things. enough guts to you know rip, oh rip your panels off there no? no you're not gonna feel confident to change your air filter you know i've studied enough plastics engineering not to trust anything made of plastic Wow. And unfortunately, all like all car panel things are made out of plastic, and there's no screws to be found anywhere. Hmm. Comment below if you've tried any of these, and uh, especially the uh, cabin air filter. I'd love to know right. if anyone's tried it and how hard it really is. And I think that one's the most in depth. I, I think that you know a lot of these other ones, like changing the key fob battery, is definitely something that like I wouldn't even consider to be maintenance. Right. But there's some some ones in there that you might need, like manually releasing your charge cable. That's really cool. Or, Most people don't know about that. That's in the in the trunk there, and that's a good one to know about. Right. Or uh, calibrating your windows. Yeah, so. I think you know a lot of these are worth just learning how to do. Yeah. All right, it's time for the lightning round. If you're in Europe right now, you know that uh, autopilot is going to have to roll back because there's two new regulations that are not allowing some of the features in autopilot to function. Uh, if you're upset about that, 
this is a petition that you can sign. There's about 3,500 signatures on there already. Um, we're trying to hopefully get it to like 5,000 or something. So yeah. head on over there, sign the petition. Maybe we can uh, let them know that we disagree with these regulations. Right. So we were just in the UK, and uh, I could smell coal in certain places. And the good news is that during the first week of May, which is right after we left, unfortunately, uh, the UK went coal-free for a whole week for the first time since the Industrial Revolution. Now, remember, two years ago on the show, we announced that uh, the UK had gone coal-free for a day that was without that's coal. true so we're making great progress here so wind solar bioenergy and hydropower accounted for a record 27.5 percent of electricity supplies in 2018 and national grid's electricity system operator director finton sly predicted coal-free generation will become the new normal we believe that by 2025 he said we will be able to fully operate great britain's electricity system with zero carbon now if you're having trouble picturing that our friend mark sent us this awesome chart showing graphically uk's coal use from 2012 until today black and gray is coal white and green is not in fact green means zero coal so check this out 2012 is on the top there mm -hmm. you can see almost the whole year was coal wow then it gets lighter and lighter and lighter and you can even see where the summer is right that's uh, where the, the solar kind of kicks in yep and now you get down to the later years and you're seeing hardly any coal. And I'm excited to see what's going to happen for the rest of the summer. I mean, yeah. we might have another week with no coal. Yeah. Because, I mean, we're just looking at May. Yeah, maybe we'll get like two or three weeks with no coal. That would be awesome. Yeah. And then this whole graph just slowly turns to green. Yeah. Nice. So meet Alyssa. Uh, you don't have to get ready for it. It's, it's not her. What? It's the electrified, innovative, heavy traffic on the Autobahn. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's being uh, tested right now in real traffic by five logistics companies like Scania, Siemens, and VW. It's that overhead wire thing there. Battery-powered hybrid trucks can drive on some of the busiest stretches of the Autobahn in Germany and get to recharge while they're driving. Interesting. Yeah, so this five-kilometer stretch of the A5 from Langren to Widerstadt, um, it costs about 15 million euro, and it's funded by the Environment Ministry. And they're testing it out to see how well it works because they're integrating basically those kinds of trucks, and then regular cars and trucks. Um, and there's two more similar projects being planned in Germany. So remember when I visited Sweden in April, uh, mm -hmm. the, the Svea Solar Park in southern Sweden? Um, well, it looked like this, maybe you remember. Still solar-powered field. Right, but it was, it was just a field of grass, and it was just the first day of construction. They mm -hmm. had just laid out the stakes and stuff. Well, take a look at this. Our buddy Kenneth Kickenborg from dronefilm.dk in Denmark, he visited again on May 22nd because mm -hmm. he took the original drone shots with us. Mm -hmm. He went back there the other day. This is what he saw. Looks like a solar park. In Absolutely. fact, the largest solar park in Sweden. That's awesome. Isn't that cool? Yes. In just two months. Yeah. That's how fast you can put it. How fast can you build like a coal plant or a nuclear power plant? Those and, take, you know, decades <laughs> and, to build. And how do they look when they're done? Exactly. Like, Congratulations, Svea Solar. That is awesome. So Nissan reports that after studying data from 400,000 Nissan Leafs sold in Europe from 2011, that Leaf batteries will outlive the cars by about a decade. I don't, How's your battery doing? I don't buy it. I mean, my battery is at like 85 percent remaining like, charge okay oh so you not lost. currently i mean like like i don't know what the state of charge is right now but the the, the oh, you health mean you can, of the battery oh you can only fill it to 85 percent now it's lost yeah. 15 percent it's, it's continuing life. to slowly degrade which is fine it doesn't need to do much besides commute francisco carenza he's the managing director of reno nissan's energy services he says the batteries will last 22 years which is an estimated 10 to 12 years longer than the cars themselves i mean why do they last longer than the cars i thought basically it was the battery that determined that is it the motor i think it's probably going to be the frame is going to oh, maybe rust out. start to rust or something like uh -huh. that 
Let's not forget, though, that Nissan sold its battery cell manufacturing division last year. I don't know. If their batteries are so good, why did they sell their battery division? Yeah. I don't know how I... I don't know. Good news for uh, people looking to buy a Model S or X. The Model S entry level went from 78000 for its 285-mile range car down to $75,000. Nice. The Model X went from 83000 for its 250-mile range car down to 81000 Tesla said, like other car companies, we periodically adjust pricing and available options. These price changes represent a reduction of about 2 to 3% in Model X and S prices. Last week, we raised U.S. Model 3 prices by 1%. By any reasonable standard, these small changes are not newsworthy. I don't think they're that newsworthy, but in case you were on the fence about buying a Model S or an X, well, there you go. Full self-driving prices have also changed with Tesla, and we wanted to kind of make it clear how the system works. So right now, autopilot is included in the purchase price of the vehicle. So it used to be that you had to decide. Now autopilot's included. In- now, that does not include the standard range Model 3. Right. The, the base level yes, Model 3 that you is- can get without autopilot or fel- full self-driving. For $35,400. Right. Right. And what autopilot is, is it enables your car to steer accelerate and brake automatically for other vehicles and pedestrians within its lane. Right. Full self-driving can be purchased either when you get your vehicle or after delivery now for the same price of $6,000. And what full self-driving is, is you get drive on nav, auto lane change, auto park and summon, and soon to come, recognize and respond to traffic lights, stop signs, and automatic driving on city streets. Um, and yeah, I mean, that is expected to go up as more features get added. Exactly. So you kind of get in early. It's kind of like an early access kind of deal. Yeah. I mean, I think Tesla sees this as a real profit center once the features start really rolling out. Mm-hmm. So Honda has confirmed the name Honda E a few weeks ago of this new car, which mm-hmm. looks pretty cool. It's going to be available in Europe and Japan. Um, it's an 800 pound deposit in the UK and an 800 euro deposit in Germany. We don't know the price yet. There are five color options, though. Check these out. Platinum mm-hmm. white pearl modern steel metallic, charge yellow metallic, crystal black pearl, and premium crystal blue metallic. Um, but the specs are still pretty sketchy. All we really know is that it's a, a new EV-specific platform. Uh, so, you know, designed from the ground up to be EV. Mm-hmm. The range, uh, 125 miles, which is 201 kilometers. Not super happy about that. Uh, yeah. A 30-minute to 80% charge. Okay. And the first deliveries in spring of 2020. But we haven't heard anything about the U.S., so I think that's just Europe and Japan. So, I mean, first off, I think it's a pretty sharp-looking car. Um, it wasn't as good as their original prototype. But the range at 125, I mean, that would have been good in, like, 2014, 2015. I would have right. been, like, pretty excited about that. But, I mean, yeah, that's, like, old leaf territory, which means that the, you know, 80% charge you could do on a chatamo which makes me worried that it's going to be limited to like 50 kilowatts or something mm-hmm. which makes me hope that the price is low which makes that, me yeah, hope exactly. that the price is like twenty twenty thousand dollars yeah so at high usage supercharging stations tesla is now reportedly limiting your charge to 80 percent to free up the superchargers faster it does appear that you can override and reset the limit to more than 80 percent if you want thank you to our friend oleg for sending this picture which shows that basically when you get there and you start to charge at one of these high use superchargers it's going to let you know that we'd like you to get out of here at 80 percent. now is what i want to know from people is just a supercharger designated as a high use supercharger just based on historical data or is it based on like actual current 
what's happening now. Yeah, comment below if if it's like min- midnight, no one's there, and it's still doing this, or if it has to be that it's like 80% full of Because, I mean, I think that they're going to do the smarter second option. I hope so. There was a bill filed last week in the U.S. Congress by Congressman Mike Levin of California and Senator Jeff Merkley of Oregon. It's called the Zero Emissions Vehicle Act of 2019, which would require 50% of new passenger vehicles in the U.S. to be zero-emission EVs by 2030, and then get this, a 5% increase each year until 2040 when it would be 100% zero emission vehicles. I know it's probably a long shot bill, but I do want to urge you guys to contact your Congress people and your senators, let them know that you support it. Because even if it doesn't pass this year, if it, you know, if it gets support one year from like enough people next year, it'll get more and more. So uh, we put a link below. It's really easy to contact your senator. And this link is cool because when you go and you put in your zip code and it tells you who your Congress people and your senators are, you can click on their Twitter, their Facebook, uh, their phone number, their email, Mm -hmm. whatever it is you like to connect to them. Right. So if you're watching this on a computer, um, you just scroll down and click the show more underneath this video um, which will plonk down all of the the links for this episode and you'll hopefully find the the link that we're talking about and when you're talking to your congressperson say that you support the zero emissions vehicle act of 2019 don't even have to tell much more than that all right it's time for our video contributor story what do we got this week jess we have a friend eric with costa rica's third electric car festival hello Zach and jesse this is eric i'm making this video from costa rica where we have a EV Drivers Association and we have organized a festival to share with all the other people in the country about electric vehicles. And we have a new law that made us have a very big uptake in electric cars. Last year, two years ago, there were only 30 cars electric sold in the country and last year there were 350 and we hope maybe this year we will get to 1,000 electric cars. The objective of this fair is for current EV users to share the experience with all the people interested and breaking the myths and showing the benefits that it is hard. Here we have the first Tesla X that came into the country last year and its owner is sharing his experience with the users. Here we are talking about the Fiat 500 and this is actually my wife's car. Here in the fair, we also have the car for the people to buy. This is a, a, a dealer specialized in, EV, in used EVs. Here we have zero motorcycles that came to Costa Rica only two months ago. And we have new brands like Nissan, BMW, e-tron, BYD, for people to enjoy. Now you know. Wow, the growth is amazing. Went from 30 to 300 and hopefully now 1,000 cars they're hoping for. That's that's pretty off the hook growth. That is amazing growth. Yeah. All right, it's time for our Patreon bonus stories. That's where we go off and talk to our Patreons. And if you are a Patreon for as little as a buck a month, you get to join us. So come on along. All right, we're back from our Patreon bonus stories, and it's time for our Patreon shout-outs. Who do we got this week, Jess? We've got Yobani Sorto. Bright Future. J.P. Fagerback. Stanislav Brand. Harshad Pethkar. Victor Peer. Linda and Dennis Olson. Matt Walker. Paul Garrett. Bill Keller. www.deathstarinspace.com. And Eli Burton. Thank you so much for supporting this show. We could not do it without you. All right, it's time for Elon's Tweets of the Week. Elon retweeted this one. 
Uh, it was the Model 3 was number three in California for all of quarter one. Yeah, I mean, this is behind the Honda Civic. Heard of that car? Yeah. And the Toyota Camry. Right. It was only 86 cars behind the uh, Camry, and it was above the Honda Accord. I would have never believed that. Uh, I bet if you lived in California, you would. You'd and they're like, not even in the Model same 3, class. Model 3, Model 3, yeah, but I, I mean, know. Th- this is comparing it to all the cars. It's I mean, true. That's amazing. Wild. And then uh, this tweet, Boring Company starts digging the Vegas tunnel in two months, aiming to finish by end of year. Finally, a reason that I actually want to go to Las Vegas. So then I thought to myself, well, this must be like one block long. But uh, someone tweeted at him and said, how long is the tunnel going to be? And he said, two tunnels about a mile long each. I think this is just a cover for his heist. <laughs> this Ocean's Ocean's X? Ocean's Boring? Ocean's 10 would be Ocean's X. Oh. Perfect. Oh. All right, it's time for Community Mail Time. A friend, Eric, shared some advice if you own Tesla shares, but you don't want them being used by your broker to sell to short sellers. You can contact your broker and put the shares for sale at some ridiculously high price, and then they will be on order and won't be available to shorts. Make sure you set a very, very, very high price. Yeah, you wouldn't want to be sold out at like just 300 or yeah, 400 bucks. Yeah, as it just goes, and you're like... Blink. Like they're like, wait, what's that little? <laughs> Everyone knew to buy that day. Why did someone sell it? <laughs> that was you because you only put four hundred and fifty dollars as your sell price. Yeah, right. so like ten thousand, hundred thousand dollar sell price. Yeah. Our friend, the Tesla Swede, has a video explaining how Sentry Mode caught someone damaging his car door by opening their car door into his, and because of Sentry Mode, he was able to get his insurance company to pay for the damages. So go check out his YouTube channel. Check out his. Uh, his video. experience there. Mm. I think it was pretty cool. Sentry mode to the rescue. All right, it's time for our on-air question. It seems like uh, Stu's 102 is not available, so I guess we'll just have to read the question. Yep. Uh, but I want to remind everyone, if you want to join our Patreon at the $4 perk level, you can get onto our Discord, and you can ask us an on-air question of the week if we choose your question. So yep. I urge you to go do that. All right, his question is, it would be cool to see how much wind and or solar the U.S. government could buy with the $649 billion subsidizing oil and gas. Right. Um, so remember last week we told you that that's how much money more than the Pentagon spends every year. That's what the U.S. government is spending on subsidizing fossil fuels. Right. Um, you can buy about a gigawatt of solar for a billion dollars. Right. For a, one a, billion dollars. It's a buck a watt. Yep. So that would be 649 gigawatts of solar every year. Okay. And so to get some perspective, because I don't really, I can't wrap my head around how many how many gigawatts of solar do we have now? Ten. No, no, I, I said how many gigawatts? 10 of- gigawatts of solar in the United States. We would then, at the end of that year, uh, we would be up to 659 gigawatts of solar. Are you kidding me? And then yeah. the next year, we'd have over a terawatt. Yeah. But, you know. Why don't we just do that? No, 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 no. You're going you're gonna to want to, here's what you're going to want to do. You're going to want to dig a deep hole, mm-hmm. hope that there's oil at the bottom of the hole, uh-huh. and then pump that out and if there's not enough oil you frack it and Uh, then your water's on fire (laughs) that sounds delicious yeah excellent wow okay and then and then you subsidize it a lot okay it's time for good news bad news which do you want first I kind of want, I guess I'll do the bad news first. Okay, the bad news is from Professor Andy Shepard of Leeds University in the UK. New research published in the Journal of Geophysical Research Letters compared satellite measurements of ice sheet height from 1992 to 2017 with weather information. 
Before we had useful satellite measurements from space, most glaciologists thought the polar ice sheets were pretty isolated from climate change and didn't change rapidly at all, Shepard said. Now we know that is not true. Without rapid cuts in the carbon emissions driving global warming, the melting and rising sea level will continue for thousands of years. So eight millimeters of sea level rise has happened in less than 30 years, but look at the acceleration. So if you see this curve here, mm. uh, it seems like, oh, not a big deal, not a big... What? All right, so yeah, so that's the bad news. Sea level Great. rise. Great, okay. Do you, do you need some good news? Yes. You've heard about uh, coral reef bleaching, right? When coral reefs die because of hot water. Yeah, Basically, I, wanted the, no, I wanted the good news. Well, what goes on there, I have to explain the bad news part okay. first, is that uh, the heat stress polyps, they uh, get rid of their photosynthetic algae. They eject that once... Um, things get hot okay? okay and that algae is symbiotic with the um coral reef mm -hmm. providing nutrients to their hosts in return for shelter so losing them is harmful to the polyps and it often results in their death but could we save reefs by seeding them with heat resistant symbiosis so could we find um, algae that can withstand the heat and stay in there so megan morikawa and stephen Polumbi of stanford university have just published a paper in the proceedings of the national academy of sciences which suggests that it might work i know it's i know it's that's not really good news. It's, that's Oh, that's some potentially maybe not terrible, awful, the worst news ever. Let's go to Supercharged Reviews. Okay. It's always fun to see. And this week, uh, well, we, we got, got someone you might recognize, Jesse. Hey, second Jesse. This is Jehu. Uh, I am on the summit in Fontana, California. Uh, and these brand new Supercharger stations, this literally just opened up a couple days ago. And it's got 24 stalls. And it's the brand new version of the uh, superchargers here. And um, I'm here charging our brand new Model 3. We just took this delivery of this last week. And so I'm charging in this new one here. This location here is pretty amazing. I mean, there's a Target there. There's a CVS Pharmacy. There's an H&R Block. You can do your taxes while you're here. Uh, there's a tanning place over there. <laughs> you get a tan. And it's a 24-hour fitness, so you can, you know, you can go work out. A Del Taco, literally, uh, walking distance. Uh, there's a Starbucks over there on the other side. Uh, you can go to the bank. And, yeah, I mean, this is a pretty, pretty good location. It is on the way to Vegas, so if you're in L.A. and you have your Model S or your Model 3 and you're going to Vegas, this is probably the best uh, stop that you're gonna get now four miles down there closer to my house uh, there's another one of these stations right but they have the old ones and it's quite busy during like uh, in the afternoons so th I think this one is really gonna help uh, for people that are just on the road to get to Vegas so this is Jay reporting from California uh, enjoy the shows thank you for all the work you guys do all right we'll see you guys later is it Jehu Garcia? Yeah, he was nice enough to make a Supercharger review, review for us. Thanks, Isn't that nice? Jehu. It was yeah. really good. Um, but we should also check out Naomi. She covered the exact same Supercharger. Oh, okay. Let's see how she did. Hi, Zach and Jesse. It's Naomi. And I'm here in beautiful Fontana, California. And I wanted to show you that we've got 24 brand new urban Superchargers, which I really like that because I appreciate the fact that these 24 will alleviate some of the Rancho Cucamonga, which is about mm, three, four miles away from here. 
They're always congested. They're always over heavily used. So now we've got 24 brand new ones. I'm so excited. So as you can see, everybody's using them already and they've only been opened up very sh short time. We've got uh, 24 Hour Fitness, we've got the drugstore, we've got grocery store, Target, we've got all kinds of things. Whatever you need is here. And you come and stop here off the 15 freeway, off the summit exit, here again in beautiful Fontana, California, right underneath the mountains. And for all you Tesla family members out there, now you know. Ooh, that's tough. That's a tough I one. I mean, Jehu's is great, Naomi's is great. <sighs> I don't know. I think I'm going to give it to Naomi. You know why? What? Because she said Rancho Cucamonga. I thought that she said Ratchet Cucamonga. I thought that she was talking about the other supercharger and that like she was just saying that there was like some Ratchet Cucamonga happening over there. You mean Ratchet? No, 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 no. Ratchet. Like a, like a, it's a term. What does it mean? Millennial son? Millennial What does it mean? It means like bad. Okay. Like, oh, that's ratchet. But that's not like, what that's she said. Terrible. She said Rancho Cucamonga, yeah, which, okay. is, which, which is, is my favorite California name. Yeah. It's awesome. All right, so what do we got for new superchargers this week? We have number 14 in Mexico. I didn't know they had that many. Yeah. The eight-stall urban supercharger in San Pedro Garza Garcia, Mexico. Number 68 in Germany is the two-stall at Kirchheim Bay München. It's a Tesla service center. And what's confusing is I think that it closed the other day and then reopened. So I don't know if it's actually new or not. I need someone from Germany to help me out. The eight stall in Celebration, Florida. The eight stall in Barnegat, New Jersey. The six stall Urban in San Francisco at Letterman Drive, California. The six stall Urban in Las Vegas at South Rampart Boulevard, Nevada. And number 647 in the United States, 1,540 in the world is the 8-stall Urban Supercharger at Big Sur, California. And for a past video of ours, uh, it's, you know, that time of year when you're thinking about going on a road trip maybe, and uh, we did a whole bunch of road tripping in the Model X. Uh, hardly any of you have seen the, that series. That was basically our first series that kind of started off this channel. Yeah. Uh, so here's a link to the whole uh, playlist so you can go check it out. We went from Boston to San Francisco and up to Canada. Really a lot of information if you're going to go for a road trip, you might want to check it out. Yeah. All right, it's time for the Patreon giveaway. All right. This week's Patreon giveaway comes from ecoware.us. Don't forget, we carbon offset the manufacturing, the product life cycle, and the shipping, and we even plant a tree for every order. And if you use the promo code now you know, you can get an extra 10% off your whole order. All right, what are we giving away this week, Jesse? We're giving away some Starman socks. Ha <laughs> Nice. Starman socks. All right. Let's see who... So to get into this bin of fun, um, every dollar that you pledge on Patreon gets you another card, so another chance to win. Mm -hmm. Who's our winner this week? This week is Pete Walker. Pete Walker, congratulations. congratulations. You get some Starman socks from ecoware.us. Uh, just like the shirts we're wearing today, they're from, they're from ecoware. Yes. Yeah, and we plant a tree for every order. And you know what's cool about wearing uh, EcoWare shirts is uh, mm -hmm. not only do you support the show and everything, but you uh, spread the word about whatever it is you're into, like Starman or RoboTaxi. I mean, then people are like, what is RoboTaxi? Right. And you can tell them at work. You know? It's true. Well, let me tell you about RoboTaxi. It's true. It's a See, good point. You made it to the end of the show. Yeah. I think um, I think there's something we should show off a little bit, Jesse. I think, I think we should pat ourselves on the back a little bit. Okay. Uh, right behind you there is uh, the thing I'd oh. like you to get. Show off. Okay. Yeah, that's our play button. Um, yeah, you got it. Uh, when you reach 100,000, you get a silver play button. I don't know how. what else you get. Like when you get to 500,000 or a million, what do you get? You get another button, like a gold one or a blue one. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It doesn't cool. work. Track it. Doesn't oh, you work. push it? It doesn't work? 
But I was reading the other day, there's um, there's about 28 million YouTube channels. That's mm-hmm. people who have five subscribers or more. Okay. Um, and there's about 24,000 that have reached our level. So uh, one in a thousand reach our level, basically. Wow. Those are pretty terrible odds. Glad that we made it. Well, I mean, it took a long time. It I, took it three did, years yeah. of, of being on air. I mean, we have over 700 videos. That's true. So, yeah, congratulations to our whole team because it was a total team effort to get us this far. I really do want to give a shout out to uh, Brent, Bobby, Jack, our new editor. Mm-hmm. Um, do a tremendous amount of work um, they have to put up with us. And yeah. and thank us. you to you guys. Yeah. I mean, the, you, subscribing. you didn't hit that subscribe. Look at what you did. Yeah. You, d- I mean, you hit the subscribe button at some point. Maybe you're doing it now. It's fine. Yeah. It'll it'll still count. But I mean, look at this. This is your channel. It's a it's pretty nice actually. <laughs> For, uh, yeah, you were going to make fun of it, but I was going to make fun of it. Yeah. All right. Are you going to tell us how it's built or something? It's all right. I mean, yeah, they used they used aluminum. I was I was kind of surprised. It's, you know, 100,000 expecting just like a little plastic like McDonald's toy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Um, if it weren't for you guys, honestly, we couldn't be here. Like, all of you who support us on the show, especially you Patreons, or people who use our Amazon affiliate link, or people who go to EcoWare and, and mm-hmm. buy shirts, like, that all supports us on the show, and that makes it so that we can put the show out for you every week. So, yeah. thank you so much. Thank you so much. And, and, and uh, thank you to everyone here who's scrolling by. I mean, you guys are the Patreons, the, right. the ones that made it to the $5 or more level, and so special. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining us this week. Make sure you do hit the like and subscribe button. Um, And if you hit that little bell button, you get a notification every time a new one of our videos comes out. See you next week. Now you know.